Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. ISI stands for Iron Sharpens Iron, which comes from Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And really what our goal for ISI is to help others achieve excellence within the five Fs. Those five Fs are faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. And really our challenge is rather than having faith as just one of the pieces of the pie, how can you put it at the middle? And how can putting at the middle help you achieve excellence within those other four? And that's really what we're doing here. And today's conversation is an awesome one. We get the chance to connect with Tom Dillon, who is a very successful lawyer out of Columbus. He recently spoke at one of our Columbus retreats and gave us some awesome reflections on his 43 years of weaving in his faith into his family, into his faculty, and how that led him to lead a successful life in many ways. I know you'll enjoy the conversation. And um, without further ado, here we go. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm excited to connect with you. So thanks for making the time. All right. You're very welcome, Nick. Really happy to do it. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, Jordan was able to make the introduction and you're able to come and and speak at our last Columbus retreat. Uh, Talked about faculty and and really some other things, too. And I'm excited to get into that. But uh, before we jump into some of your reflections, let's uh, let's learn a little bit about you and who you are and kind of just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I was uh, I was born in Illinois and lived uh, shortly, uh, briefly in Coldwater, Michigan. But then, uh, from the age of two and a half or something like that, I uh, moved with my family to Sturgis, Michigan, where uh, I went to high school. Uh, and then, uh, after a semester at Western Michigan University, I went to Taylor University and graduated from there in uh, uh, 1968. And then. Uh, Taught school for three years uh, back in Michigan uh, and then decided I wanted to go to law school and uh, went to uh, the Ohio State University School of Law, Uh, graduated from there in 1973 and then uh, embarked on a 43 year old or 43 year career as a uh, trial lawyer and uh, retired at the end of 2016. So I've been retired for five years now. Well, well, congratulations. Thank you. That's a, quite a career. I'm sure that had some some wild stories uh, over those 43 years. No, there, there are plenty of wild stories, believe me. But it was, <laughs> a, it was a wonderful um, uh, profession, you know, and I, I very much enjoyed it and, uh, and very grateful uh, for it. That's awesome. Well, um, so how did you first got involved with ISI? You were invited by Jordan and you came to uh, your first retreat not that long ago. What were what were your some of your observations about ISI and what you saw at the retreat? Yeah, um, you know, as you you just mentioned, Jordan Acker, who has been a a wonderful friend with uh, he and his family for a number of years, uh, asked me to participate if I'd be interested in doing that. And uh, this was maybe a year ago, and I had never heard of uh, Iron Sharpens Iron, and uh, so I did some reading on it, and uh, uh, and then went to uh, the retreat, I think it was in September, mm-hmm. and uh, I was very impressed with the organization, uh, and I mean that sincerely. I, I uh, came Saturday morning, I was not able to come Friday, but I came Saturday morning, and uh, so obviously the guys had been together for a while, but some of the things that struck me was... You know, first of all, it, it just seemed like they were having fun together. They're having a good time together. There was a, yeah. a terrific sense of uh, fellowship. They were comfortable with each other. They were they were very responsive to the, to not just what I was saying, but what, but the entire program. Uh, nobody seemed to be intimidated by anybody's presence. 
uh, and everybody was very much uh, a participant in uh, the discussions. So that was impressive to me. And then I think, uh, you know, reflecting upon that, I was also very impressed with the fact that uh, these young men were serious um, about their walk with the Lord and about their lives. Uh, you know, they really wanted, uh, they were there, I think, to uh, take in all they could as far as uh, information about how to live a successful life in the Lord. And they wanted to, um, you know, to be able to gather together resources and to identify resources of Christian pastors and leaders and teachers mm -hmm. and, and books and materials and podcasts and sermons and all this kind of stuff that uh, that they could go to uh, for content uh, to help them in their walk. And I have to say as well that I was uh, I was very impressed with uh, the leaders of uh, Iron Sharpens Iron, and I, I just felt like the mission of the organization and its ministry were really on point from my point of view. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, that you know that kind of uh, setting the stage for that kind of atmosphere where people feel you know comfortable, yet they're there for a reason. You know, these are you know, guys you know, men and women at the women's retreats who are, you know, serious about their lives and they don't want it to just be drifting through and they're intentional. And so I'm glad that, you know, you picked up on that very quickly and, you know, we've had some great leaders down there in Columbus and it's been fun because, you know, they started coming to the, the Cleveland retreats when we started and they, they've just, man, they've just taken the ball and run with it in, uh, in Columbus. So as we, as we start to form new chapters and expand, um, you know, hopefully we're fortunate to have great leaders like we do down there in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, guys being intentional about their life and, you know, gathering up all this thing. We've been extremely blessed to know people like you who can share wisdom from their, you know, 43 plus years of, of being in the trenches and, and how to live a successful life and how to weave, you know, your career and your faith into all the things you do. And so your, your talk was about some reflection. So if we may just, I want to, you know, go into that and, and get into that kind of the meat of what you came to share at the retreat itself. Sure. So, um, I guess the first reflection <laughs> is funny. Um, it was life, man, does that go fast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it does too. Yeah. So why did, why did you start there? I, you know, I started, there's a great question because, um, uh, you know, the, when Jordan asked me to speak, um, I asked him, I said, who is the audience? And he said, basically, it's late 20s, 30s and early 40 somethings uh, who would be attending this retreat. And, uh, you know, I will be 76 years old in, uh, in a couple of days. And uh, so the question, you know, that popped into my mind is, you know, what do I have to offer these guys? Hmm. And, um, you know, why would they want to listen to me? And um, basically the the perspective from which I approached the issue was, you know, I've been there and I've done that, guys. And uh, I'm here to tell you that uh, life really goes fast. And uh, what I tried to share with them is that uh, all of the things that they are experiencing right now, uh, you know, I have experienced and, you know, told them a little bit about my background, you know, where I went to college and teaching school and going to law school and remembering when my my first son was born uh, while I was in law school. And and um, then uh, as um, life went on, uh, you know, I had two more two more sons born. And so I was involved in the, some of the same things they're all involved in, which are sure. 
you know, yeah. soccer games and basketball and baseball games and golf matches and tennis matches and school functions and driving to music <laughs> lessons and, you know, worrying about tuition and going on family vacations and uh, the fact that I thought that those things probably would sound familiar because, you know, we all are part of, uh, you know, sometimes we, we refer to it as a rat race uh, mm-hmm. where our time is just uh, – uh, taking up all the time. And uh, vacuum. so I, I, I wanted them to know that <clears throat> all of the, the time and the energy and the thought and the effort that uh, they were putting into their lives, <clears throat> pardon me, um, you know, I knew that I, I was part of that, you know, I could understand uh, that perspective, because, you know, I had goals and objectives and and aspirations and obligations, things that I wanted to accomplish, um, you know, with my life uh, mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, and I wanted to, I wanted them to understand uh, that the time that they are putting in right now, uh, although that, um, in fact, I use the phrase that, you know, the time is short, uh, the time is long, but the years are short. Uh, these things that can subsume us at this point and seem like there's never an end to them uh, in terms of the responsibilities that, um, you know, we are trying to trying to manage, uh, Mm -hmm. they don't last very long. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so the whole idea was to know that, you know, while these things can be fatiguing and confusing and sometimes stressful, uh, you know, we need to stay focused uh, so that the time uh, does not get away from us. And um, uh, so that's the perspective that uh, that I came from, why I, why I happened to choose uh, that subject to start with. And yeah. uh, uh, so that's where I started and, you know, was very impressed with um, uh, Psalm 90, you know, where uh, Moses uh, is talking about that very thing. He's talking about how God is eternal, but how man is like the grass or like the wind or is like a vapor. And mm-hmm. uh you know, when you stop to reflect upon it, uh, Moses was a pretty busy guy himself. Um, yeah. You know, he was the leader of two and a half million people and responsible for all of their cares and their concerns and their disputes. And he had a lot of people yanking on him all the time. And uh, uh, and yet he's the one that said, you know, um, we don't last very long here. And so the the ultimate purpose of all this, you know, of all this hubbub that we get involved in in life uh, is to recognize that, uh, you know, we need to ask the Lord to teach us to number our days that uh, we can present to him a heart of wisdom, that we don't just get pushed through life by circumstances, most of which are not of our choosing, but that we can approach life with uh, wisdom, recognizing that it's short. Um, so that would, that's basically the first, uh, the first thing that we were trying to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. It's a great place to start. I mean, the fact that you've, you know, you've been there, you've done this and, uh, it's really no different for us today than it was for you and you're, you know, raising your family and going through all that. Um, what, you know, what does it look like to you, uh, in practicality to, to do that, to, you know, to number our days, to present a heart of wisdom? Like, how do we actually do that? 
Well, uh, that's a great question. And that's that's where I tried to go with uh, the second thing that we talked about, which I suppose that you'll you'll ask me about. Yeah. But, yeah. The, you know, the second the second point was, uh, you know, the indispensable worldview. Uh, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and um, if we if we are simply allowing life to dictate to us. Uh, what we do, then life will dictate, Uh, you know, it will provide all kinds of circumstances. And I'm not saying these circumstances aren't good things. You know, they're wonderful things to be able to do things with the children and do things with the wives and take on responsibilities at work and try to be successful at, at work and try to stay fit and try to Mm -hmm. do all those things. These are all, these are all great things, you know, which I believe, uh, I believe the word of God, which says that uh, every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father, you know, and, and that includes all of these opportunities of life. But ultimately, we have to step back and ask ourselves, what's the point of all this? What are we doing? Right. And uh, and, you know, it's it's very interesting when you think about it, that man is the only uh, created being that has the capacity to do that, to ask that question. Hmm. And um, uh, and it's very important that we step back and we ask that question. And, um, you know, I tried to go into um, some reflections on Solomon, you know, who in the book of Ecclesiastes uh, really got into all of those uh, in a in a big way. And uh, do you want me to go into that, Nick? Or Yeah, no, I think it's perfect for, you know, the, the point of that you're on here of what's the point. So let's yeah. do it. Yeah, um, and 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 this gets to the to the answer to your question of how do you, how do you do this? And you know, right. Solomon uh, took a uh, you know took a, a a real significant view of this, and he said, "Man alive!" He says, "I'm I'm going to dig into this," and he and he did it. And uh, I think in the first chapter, he says that he gave his whole heart to search out by wisdom everything that there was under heaven. Hmm. Uh, you know, how do we how do we put balance into our lives and to piece all this together. And so he, you know, he acquired wealth and, and, and a great honor and, uh, and wisdom, uh, you know, gave himself to pleasure, uh, did big building projects, you know, well know that he built the temple, you know, which was an extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, building. And, uh, you know, he gave himself to all of these kinds of things and he got to the got to the end of the day and he and he pronounced uh that it was of no profit to him <laughs> that everything was vanity and uh, and vexation and it was useless and it was a whole lot of trouble mm-hmm. and um it's uh, you know he said that uh, man alive he said i've i've uh, increased my wisdom and it's uh, it increases grief and sorrow and uh, he said I've, i i labored and that's grievous and he says i not only that, when I'm all done, I have to leave it to somebody else. And I don't know whether they're going to be wise or going to be foolish. And uh, he says, my mind never rests at night, you know, because I have all these things on my mind, which I know that was certainly my experience, you know, as sure. I was taking my responsibilities. And I'm sure it is of of every young guy that uh, participates in ISI. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he says, not only that, you don't you really don't have any control over it. You think you do, but you really don't have any control of it because uh, time and chance happens to everybody. Sure. And uh, so Solomon's really reflecting on all of these things. 
And, uh, and, and it's really interesting, Nick, that he, one of the things that he said that I thought was so significant was that he said, you know, um, God has set eternity in our hearts. You know, we have, as I said, you know, the capacity to ask big questions, uh, to recognize that the moment that we're in isn't all that there is. And uh, so we think about those things about the future and our destiny and what's the point of all this stuff. And but we don't have the capacity to know uh, mm-hmm. because God says that his thoughts are higher than ours and his ways are past finding out. And uh, and then, uh, you know, so Solomon looked at all this and uh, he finally concluded um, uh, at the at the very end of uh, the chapter, he says, he says, let's hear the let's hear the end of this whole deal. He said, fear God and to keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And, uh, you know, the point that that I really wanted to make and the point of the answer to your question is that if we want to know uh, why we're here, if we want to know what the point is, we really have to have the indispensable worldview. We have to think like God thinks. And there's only mm-hmm. one way to do that, and that's to dig into his word and study it. Mm. To be able to, to know him and to to know him well, you know, and to, to not know him well and what the difference is there. And for you, that's kind of how you've taken that and uh, instructed us and given us that wisdom of that's that's really the point is to know him, to know his commandments and to the, do the whole duty of man, right? Yeah, exactly. And and one of the things that I've, that I've always felt is that, you know, to try to remind myself that uh, uh, the objective is to know our part in his plan, not his part in our plan. Uh, and it's a very significant distinctive, I think. You know, we tend to want to fit God into what we're doing, uh, and it should be exactly the opposite of that. We want to wow. fit us, fit ourselves into what God is doing. Did- did you have you always had that distinction? Have you always been aware of? I mean, those are two different, very different things, but I think very important ways to look at it. No, I I, I have to say I have not. You know, and I think that uh, you know, as believers, we are supposed to move on toward perfection or toward maturity. Mm. Uh, you know, and we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, and. Uh, you know, as we continue studying God's word, you know, he gives us light. He gives us wisdom. He gives us knowledge through his spirit. And, uh, you know, these are things that uh, there are certainly things that I wish I had known at an earlier age or wish I had understood. Uh, but, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really have a heart for the guys at ISI, because to the extent that I'm able at all to share with them, uh, you know, lessons that I've learned over the years mm-hmm. that will enable them to progress more quickly. I really am desirous of doing that. Yeah. Well, I thank you for, thank you for doing that. If we can, uh, hopefully, uh, avoid some, you know, some, uh, dead end roads, uh, you know, and, and stay on a better path. That's, that's one of the things that we've been really fortunate to have, you know, guys like you and, and many others that have been willing to, to pour back in so we can, we can learn from others that came ahead of us. And, um, you know, just going back to where you were, we're going with this, um, with knowing what, you know, God wants, you know, for your life versus what you want and how God fits into that. Um, I think this kind of leads into really like that one of your other reflections was, um, you know, how to 
come to know him well? Like in your experience, how did you become to know God and really become close to him? And as you did that, was that part of how you revealed what God wanted for your life? Are those the two connected pieces? You know, and, and that's a good way to good way to say it to connect the pieces. Um, you know, I grew up in a uh, in a in a very good church, um, and it seemed like I was in church every every minute of every day <laughs> is what it seemed like. But looking back on it now, I'm very I'm very grateful for it. one of the emphasis that they that that church had was on um, uh, you know scripture memorization and and knowing the word and. Uh, Hmm. Uh, you know, it, but, but, you know, as I watched, um, the people in that church, you know, I started to develop the idea that, you know, good Christians did something. And, hmm. uh, so I tried to do this and do that and do every other thing that I was asked to do. And, you know, supposedly serving the Lord and I, and I did it with good intent. Sure. Uh, I believe at this stage of my life that God is more interested primarily. And first of all, in what I am more than what I'm doing. And uh, I got so involved in so many things in addition to, you know, family and trying to stay fit and trying to make a career and all this kind of stuff that I, that I frankly just kind of wore out and, uh, you know, kind of came to, uh, uh, I would say a crisis point in my life. Really? And, um, uh, you know, and it was a good friend of mine who, who said to me, um, that, uh, you know, he pointed out that I kind of saw, saw God as this dogmatic, um, you know, being who was waiting for me to mess up, uh, so he could chastise me for it. And he said, he saw him as a friend hmm. and, uh, you know, I, that really resonated with me. And, uh, and that's why, um, you know, in the uh, in the notebook, you know, I put in a verse that's become very, very significant to me. And that's uh, uh, Exodus 34, verses six and seven, which says that God is merciful and he's gracious and he's abundant in goodness in truth and and uh, keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity and sins and transgressions and all that type of thing. It also says that he'll by, by no means clear the guilty. Well, that was the only thing I'd ever focused on. Uh, you know, that he was willing to willing and ready to slap you on the wrist. But as I began to really realize who God was and how he loved us and how merciful he was, and how gracious he was and how patient he was and all those kinds of things, it made a complete difference in uh, in the way I viewed my relationship with God in the, the way that I reviewed or viewed him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I came to the came to the conclusion that knowing God well and by by knowing him well, that means knowing him in his fullness, knowing all of his attributes and knowing all of his essence as it's revealed to us uh, in Scripture. Uh, knowing him well can lead to a lot of joy and blessing. Uh, knowing him poorly, you know, can can have disastrous results. Hmm. And uh, it's a it's a critical thing. Um, that we, uh, that we know who God really is, because once we know who he is, uh, then we, we can order our own conduct and our own life and our own thoughts, uh, and our own place in the world. Yeah. And for you, what was the best way for you to come to know who God is? 
Uh, again, through studying his word and also through prayer, uh, both of those are absolutely indispensable. Mm-hmm. And when I say when I say studying, Nick, I, I mean study. I don't mean just yeah. uh, just read a chapter a day and or, you know, do our seven minutes in the morning or something like that. I, I'm talking mm-hmm. about really digging into the word and reflecting on it. Um, you know, part of part of what we were going to talk about was. Uh, you know, not only just knowing God well, but also knowing God's word and, uh, you know, some reflections that we had on uh, memorization and meditation, which I think are are uh, indispensable. Mm-hmm. And was that for those two for you or those, is that how you actually dug deep and studied and it, you know, didn't just breeze through, it was through memorization and study? Was that? It, it was. You? It was. Um, it was really interesting. Um uh, when I went to uh, to uh, law school, um, I uh, you know finished law school and had to take the bar exam. And uh, without going into all of the details of it, uh, the bar exam was a crucial uh, moment uh, for me for a variety of different reasons, and uh, it was associated with an extraordinary amount of tension um, mm-hmm. because I had an awful lot at stake. Um, uh, you know, you're you're borrowing money to go to law school. You've got a family you got to support. You've got a yeah. job waiting for you. But if you don't get through that bar exam, that job's not going to be there. You know, and so I had I had uh, accumulated under myself a variety of different circumstances that were, um, you know, had a had a lot of meaning to them, and a lot of tension associated with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, in the in the midst of being all roiled up, I, I really started to reflect for the first time on Philippians four, six and seven, you know, to be careful or be anxious for nothing. Hmm. And I was pretty anxious about everything. And hmm. uh, and then verse says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, uh, let your requests be made known unto God. And so I decided, OK, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I, I would say that's that's one of the, the real first times that I began to really grasp the fact that the Bible, God's word, is a supernatural book hmm. uh, because the, the verse promises uh, peace that's beyond our ability to understand it. And I experienced that. Hmm. And, um, you know, so but, you know, I had to, I had to do the work. I had to know the verse. I had to I had to reflect upon it. I had to turn it over in my mind. Hmm. You know, the whole essence of meditating on what God's word is, you know, and really incorporating it, incorporating it into your own life. Right. And uh, and the results were just phenomenal. That was a major yeah. uh, moment for me and a major lesson for me. Wow. And so you felt that piece, you were, you know, anxious going into the bar exam, obviously a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. I can only imagine what that's actually like. Um, and that verse and that process of memorizing and meditating helped you get through that. Absolutely. You know, and that, and that's just, that's just one, you know, small personal example, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, to really, to really know God, you know, when you, when you look at this big book that he's given us, um, mm-hmm. And you, you realize that he's given it all to us because he really wants us to know him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's his desire is that we know him. And he's saying to us, hey, look at all I've told you about myself. You know, he he's told us far more about himself than we tell other people. 
about mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. And uh, so we can look at that and say, boy, this this magnificent God really wants us to have a relationship with him, to know him, to appreciate him, to love him. But, uh, you know, if we don't if we do, if we choose not to spend any time with him, uh, we're not going to know him just like mm-hmm. just like in any relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I think, I mean, myself, for example, and, I, and I'm sure others would relate to this, that, you know, what you said is that, you know, God's more interested in, in, you know, who we are than what we're doing. And I feel like it's pretty natural for guys to just keep doing and want to do more and be active. And maybe it's not as natural to just pause and to memorize scripture or to meditate or to really reflect. And there's no outward, you know, like, thing. It's on your, you know, maybe it's on your calendar, but there's, it's not something you're doing. It's just something that is you connecting with God, knowing God. And I think that that's uh, maybe not as natural to, it's a different muscle for guys to flex. You know, I, I think too, that, um, you know, for us in the United States, I mean, this is the only experience that we know, mm-hmm. but the United States is a great company, country, you know, and it's very, uh, it's very much can do. Uh, you know, we talk about the, our work ethic, we talk about the Puritan ethic, you know, and all of that is involved in doing and working hard. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things are good value, but they are not, um, the priority of life. They're not the essence of life, but our society sells that to us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we have to be very careful about taking, <clears throat> excuse me, taking our, um, our values from popular culture. And, uh, you know, finding our values in the word of God is going to serve us, uh, serve us well, taking our values from personal culture or from, uh, from the, uh, uh, popular culture, uh, is not. Mm -hmm. And how did you, as a kind of a big question, maybe one of the last big ones I'll ask you, but, you know, as you're going through, you know, a very successful law career, raising a family, active in a community, you know, that's all, those are all things that are, you know, doing, how did you, and what advice may you have for, for us that are, you know, on that journey younger, uh, you know, earlier on it, how to balance that, that mix of doing and being productive with just knowing God? Um, very good question. You know, and I, and I don't profess to have been completely successful at every moment of every day of every, of all time. You know, uh, I think there's great value in the tension of balance, hmm. uh, because it, it allows us to keep our attention on it. Uh, If we felt we had it all nailed down, then we don't have to worry about that anymore. But that tension always keeps us, keeps our attention uh, on trying to, uh, to balance our things, our, our lives. And uh, I've been a big uh, um, proponent of uh, the writings of Oswald Chambers. Um, And Oswald Chambers said something one time that I thought was, very meaningful. And I've kind of hauled it around with me for a number of years now. Hmm. And he said, simply trust God and do the next thing. Hmm. And, you know, this whole idea of balance, these are all, again, these circumstances of life that we have to, that we have to deal with, but trusting God to provide us for the, for the next thing that he wants us to do (laughs) in my mind takes an awful lot of the pressure out of that. Uh, and so the attention really has to be on is on, okay, Lord, what, what is it that you want me to do, uh, next? 
Yeah. And, and we can define that uh, and we can apply that, um, you know, individually, any way that it happens to fit our individual lives, you know, with the number of children that we have, the responsibilities we have at work, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these different kinds of, of things. But just uh, developing that mindset that, you know, God knows uh, the beginning and the end of our life. And everything that's going to happen within it before we're even born. Right. So it makes sense to trust him that he's going to enable us to bring balance to our lives and give us the discernment um, to know when to accept opportunities and when to turn them down. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I love that. I mean, geez, if you could just keep it that simple, just trust God and do the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That is a great nugget. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Enjoyed a lot of um, the similar writings, but that is, that's a good one. Thanks for sharing that. Well, Tom, uh, you know, it's been an amazing conversation. I think there's been a lot to take away. I'll just ask you some of the, uh, you know, closing questions that I ask everybody. And um, it's been interesting to see different people's responses uh, based on their unique experiences. And the first question is about joy. Um, You know, for you, what brings you the most joy? Um, you know, I have to say that, um, uh, I, I, I have, you know, my best friend is my wife, the, uh, the love of my life. She gives me incredible amounts of joy. I've got, I've got, uh, four sons and great daughters-in-law and 12 grandkids, you know, and they give me wonderful, <laughs> wonderful joy. And, uh, and then I also, um, I absolutely love studying the Word of God, and that's one of the great things about uh, having having gotten to this point in retirement. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, I've been, I'm able to spend more time um, than I've ever been able to spend, and man, yeah. it is it is as rich as uh, as it can possibly be. Huh. And uh, you know, back to this whole idea of uh, of trusting God and do the next thing. You know, you wonder, well, what what am I going to do when I retire? And I'm not going to leave the house every morning at six thirty or seven and I won't be getting back till six thirty or seven at night and my day's yeah. gonna be full. What am I gonna do? Well I'll trust God and do the next thing, you know? And uh uh so I've been able to um teach um uh three Bible studies at various different kinds of times. I've got I've got uh uh four or five young guys who are mm-hmm you know, 35, 40, 45 years old, who mm-hmm. for one reason or another, like meeting with me and I love meeting with them. And, oh, that's awesome. and uh, then I have some, uh, some older guys who I kind of picked out as my own mentors when I was a young man. And I still meet with those guys. Um, and uh, all of these things give me uh, just great joy and great delight. Uh, and especially seeing people come to where they love the word of God, love to read it, love to understand it and love to share it with people. Yeah. Well, you're living it out. I mean, you're living out your advice of knowing God and knowing him well. And that's, that's bringing a lot of joy to you among, you know, among many other things with your oh, wife thank and, you. and kids. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Um, what about, uh, you mentioned a couple of books as we've been talking today, but any, anyone that's maybe, uh, that you're reading now or one that you've one or two that you've really recommended or given out over the years? Yeah. One, um, one, one the book that I'm reading now is, uh, is a book by, uh, Joel Rosenberg, which is called enemies and allies, you know, but, um, I'm, I'm reading that currently, but, uh, a book, and I'm actually mentioned these two books at, um, at the retreat. Yeah. Um, one is called safely home 
by Randy Alcorn. Okay. And another one is To Russia With Love by Dave Hunt. And I thought those were um, uh, remarkably poignant and, uh, and compelling books, um, you know, from a, uh, from a biblical and Christian perspective. I, I really enjoy anything uh, written by Reynolds um, Showers uh, or Dave Hunt. And um, I find those things to be very um, uplifting and they're and they're very uh, uh, extraordinary as far as their ability to teach me uh, things that I want to know. Uh, and then I'm a, I'm a big history guy as well. So I like uh, I like anything by Doris Kearns Goodwins and, and some of these uh, other great writers of history and, and uh, autobiographies. I love it. I have some definitely some new ones, some some names that keep popping up. Uh, and then every time we do one of these, there's always new names for people to. I'm sure. Yes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. Well, Tom, I just want to thank you for, you know, being an ISI guy and, you know, living it out first and foremost, and then and sharing these reflections with us and, and with others. And, you know, glad we could kind of catalog this conversation for, for others to, to listen learn more about you, learn more about ISI and maybe have a nugget or two from this conversation that they can take away and apply to their lives. So thank you for, thank you for doing that. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate you asking me. Absolutely. Well, Tom, would you mind closing us in a word of prayer? I really would. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for every opportunity that you bring our way. And uh, we are just amazed at uh, the plenteous uh, opportunities that you provide us to learn you, learn who you are, to know you, to share you. Uh, to live with other people who love and serve you and to uh, convey your love to those who are lost. We just pray, Father, that that would be our ideal, that that would be our objective, uh, that our desire would be to grow in grace and in the knowledge of you, and uh, that uh, when we're all said and done, that you would look at us and say, well done. And we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for everybody who is listening to this podcast. We pray that the things that were said here today would be edifying to each person who listens. And we just thank you and give you all the glory in Christ's name. We pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I gotta, I gotta say, I feel extremely grateful that I'm the person that gets to do these uh, podcasts because I get to connect with all these amazing people and uh, just, just receive so much like personal, you know, conversation and wisdom from doing these. And I just wanted to share, you know, what I took away from the conversation uh, from Tom and man, I just felt like I was a sponge and just wanted to go on for hours, but um, hours is not a good thing for uh, our podcast link. So as we, you know, kind of wrap it up, uh, the things that I took away from our conversation were you know, really his five reflections is number one, life, man, does that go fast? And it does. And we talked about that already, um, just how life, how fast life goes. And amidst all that, you know, really his next point where it's, what's the point of it all? And, you know, he talked about that we are the only ones that have the capacity to ask big questions and that God has set eternity in our hearts. And so really, what is the point, uh, which he distills down to, you know, the reflection between knowing God and knowing him poorly. And really, it comes down to how well do you know God uh, through memorizing scripture, reading the word, meditating on it, and really it taking root within you. And that being more important than anything you do, anything you build, anything you make. And as an entrepreneur and someone who loves making and building things, um, this kind of hit me like a two by four, that this is really what God wants. That is the point. And to the degree that we can know know him and know what he wants for our lives, um, that is the point. 
So I love that. Um, and trust God and do the next thing. Uh, that is such a great thing. I want to make it into a t-shirt or a wristband and just never forget it because really it is just trust God and where you are and do the next thing. So I love that. I love what he had to say and I'm excited for his connection. And another key takeaway I had was just, this is a guy out of Columbus and the obedience and kind of the, the calling that the guys from Columbus, there's a, there's a, a lot of them, so I won't name all of them, but they had the conviction to start a chapter down in Columbus. And they, they came to the Cleveland ones, they saw what was happening and said, hey, we want to create this kind of community down in Columbus. And then they started connecting with people like Tom and many others who came and spoke and have wisdom that they want to share. And they gathered the guys up and said, let's do this. And so, uh, you know, we're here to support them. Part of our, you know, move from headquarters is to attract and equip other people who want to start chapters. And our goal is to expand the ministry and what we're doing to other places. Um, it shouldn't be just a Cleveland and Columbus and Nashville thing, but we want to take this thing uh, as far as God wants to take it. So if you're listening to this and you think, hey, I and maybe one or two other people that are around me, we could start this in our city. Uh, give us a call. We actually put a start a chapter page on our website. We'd love to talk with you and help you. It, uh, you know, it's a nonprofit thing and it just takes some obedience and uh, willing for you to take that nudge. So um, I hope this uh, conversation was helpful to you in some way, shape or form. Thanks for listening in. And uh, I ask that you just stay sharp yourself and sharpen others by sharing this podcast and the ISILife.com and all the things that may be up there as resources to help others as they put faith at the center of their lives. All right, everybody, stay sharp. God bless.